0: You're She's listening so to too.
1: And
0: front and front of a a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I am Key Reese. And Key Reese, in exciting news, I'm flying back to Sydney tonight. I made what? my flight a little earlier, so you I will be back in the well yeah I just need to get back and make sure all my plants aren't dead yes. although they always thrive without me I mean I'm excited to see you two of and course. hopefully we can actually record in the office together at some point next week go to a few little yes. parties
1: I'm so excited that you'll be back just knowing that you're back in NSW makes me feel just a little bit safer you know <laughs> it's
0: good to know exactly as long as we're in the same state that hasn't always worked out for us since we've been doing this pod but <laughs> so it's gonna happen and before we get into today's show, just a little reminder, if you haven't watched our latest episode of The Watch, all about Netflix's Inventing Anna, it's there in your spill feed if you need a little weekend listen. Look, I don't want to brag, but we have gotten some feedback where people have said it's excellent. It answered all of their questions. Key. I know you've been getting this too. Yes. It's just a wild ride of a just listen. Just people
1: coming up to me being like, you so puh. You know what I mean? Like, that Oh, no, don't thing. bring that up
0: because someone at work, so our boss said that to me at work and I didn't understand the joke. And I look like an idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which was so funny. I was like, duh, you said it at the end of the... Anyway, anyway, we won't go there. I but know, yes, I know. It is a great episode. I love all of our watch episodes, but this one in particular is really good just because there was so much juicy stuff that happened on and off screen, obviously. So if you haven't listened to it yet, do so.
0: Exactly. So now that we finished talking ourselves up, on today's show, of course, it is a weekend watch, and we have two new shows that we are very excited to talk to you guys about. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day.
1: I have news. What's the heart got? I want more headlines. Well, hot off the heels of our praise earlier this week for the royal family, throwing their support behind the Ukraine. Very uncharacteristic for the royal family to get involved in politics or wars, over the course of the past 24 hours, Prince William has run into a little bit of hot water about some comments he allegedly made. So it all started off on Wednesday. He and Kate had visited the Ukrainian Cultural Centre in London to hear about all of the amazing work that's being done to support Ukrainians throughout the UK and across Europe. Following the visit, a reporter who was there quoted Prince William as saying in relation to the Ukraine war that Britons were more used to seeing conflict in Africa and Asia, adding it's very alien to see this in Europe, we are all behind you. People were naturally horrified and it seemed like the gaff apple hadn't really fallen far from the tree, like it was giving Prince Philip vibes all over god rest his soul but it turns out that he was actually misquoted (laughs) laura didn't lie my god rest his soul at all i thought that was quite quite nice (laughs) it was interesting (laughs) you know how people say that yeah i do i I want to be respectful while also pointing out that for his whole life he made really inappropriate comments almost (laughs) exclusively about people of color anyway yeah we move on we move on So it turns out he was actually misquoted because audio from the event was swiftly released by other attendees showing his exact words in full. So the audio is a little bit rough, but basically... There wasn't any reference to Africa or Asia, it was more saying that for our generation it's very alien to see this happen in Europe, adding that they were right behind them. So the reporter who initially misquoted Prince William took to Twitter to both share the video with the full quote and clarified their mistake, saying, The Duke of Cambridge on war in Europe, he doesn't appear to have compared the conflicts in Africa and Asia. In the chaos, a remark he made was misheard, starting a social media storm." Apologies for reporting that online. It's just so casual, and like you don't even know the shitstorm that you've created in the last twenty-four hours. Anyway, I'm just relieved because I really didn't want to have to not like Prince William anymore. So,
0: also making news today, and I should say that I absolutely love this story before we get into it.
1: So, Grimes is
0: Vanity Fair's newest cover star, and with that comes the usual long-form profile piece, but this particular celebrity interview came with a surprise twist. So, at the beginning, it follows all the usual celebrity profile steps. So, Devin writes about showing up to Grimes' house and what she's wearing, talks about the fact that she's dating the richest man of all civilization, which is obviously Elon Musk, and talks about the fact that they welcomed a child- together. Key, you say the baby's name.
1: Okay, so she pronounces it as X-A-I-Archangel. Or X for short.
0: Yeah, X is as we will refer to that little baby from now on, X her little boy. So obviously that main news headlines of that name first came out and then the writer kind of sets up the profile saying that they're going to talk about what it was like for the world to erase her identity as this amazing female artist as she became known just as Elon Musk's girlfriend. So that's all great. You're like, okay, this is going to be an interesting profile piece on an artist who makes great stuff and who has been relegated to a celebrity girlfriend role the photos are amazing. The cover looks great. I'm here for this. And it kind of goes along the normal path. So, Devon writes that she just moved into the house. X isn't there. The house is all dim and silent. And so, for the next four hours, they just start drinking a six-pack of beer together and they're getting really buzzed because they're both lightweights. And you're like, okay, this is a pretty tame celebrity interview, but, you know, they're probably going to get some good quotes because they're just sitting at her house together drinking. And this is where it gets interesting. So Devon writes about 15 minutes after we sit down to discuss her new music, I hear what sounds vaguely like a lone cry from an infant upstairs. And I notice Grimes wince, but I say nothing. It could be anything. I mean, that sounds like some ghost shit straight away, right?
1: Yeah, it sounds ghosty for sure. Like if I was the interviewer, I'd be like, because she's really like, she's super into alien and all that kind of stuff. I would have been definitely scared in that moment as the interviewer. Well, you think
0: there's an alien upstairs who's creeping around? It's like, oh shit, I made a noise and the reporting I heard mean,
1: me. <laughs> it is the celebrity that it would happen with.
0: Yeah, exactly. So then things get even more interesting because Devin writes, I hear it again. This time it's multiple cries and it's unmistakable. I've got two kids of my own and that is a baby and I can tell by the frozen look on my host's face that she heard it too. Crimes is like, oh shit. So I brace myself to ask the strangest question in all of my career and I say, do you have another baby in your life, Crimes? I don't mean to laugh but it's just like the weirdest thing to come up in a celebrity interview to be like, I'm sorry, I can't just sit here drinking with you and talking about music. Is that a baby in the house?
1: And that is why I'm not a journalist because there is no way in that moment if I was sitting next to Grimes that I would say that because I would be mortified. But thank God she did. Because it is, it was, it is a new
0: baby. Yeah, exactly. There is definitely a baby upstairs. And so Grimes is looking really stressed. And then she says, look, whatever is going on with family stuff, I just feel like the kids need to stay out of it. But then she obviously realizes that she can't hide the fact that the baby is crying and she's in the middle of an interview for a cover on one of the biggest magazines in the world. So then she just shakes her head and says, She's a little colicky as well. I don't know what I was thinking. So she's probably like, I can't believe I tried to hide that baby from you.
1: The lack of thought about inviting (laughs) a journalist from Vanity Fair over to your house. Like, kudos for her not having a nanny, though. Like, I like how she rolls without a nanny and she's just doing it on her own. No diss to people who have nannies, but like... Maybe you could have hired a nanny for the day to take care. I don't know. There just wasn't a lot of thought didn't go into it.
0: I know. It's wild. I mean, they don't really go into specifics if there's anyone else in the house, but the profile does say like the house is quiet and dark, and so it really does allude to the fact that there's no one there.
1: And it's a four-hour interview. As if a baby's not going to make any noise in four hours. I know. The only way that happens if they put the baby in
0: that. Have you seen the Quiet Place too? Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> the chest.
0: And they with put the, the baby in the box with the oxygen mask?
1: <laughs> I put love that on that your movie list. so much.
0: <laughs> that was the only option. So thankfully, she opted not to do that, so that it all came out about the baby. And it turns out that she and Elon Musk used a surrogate, which is why no one knew they had welcomed a baby. And they kind of thought that with the pandemic and the surrogate, it was a good way to keep their daughter a secret, right up until the news came out via the baby outing herself in a Vanity Fair profile. And they said, that's what they call her, by the way. Why? She's got a full name, but this doesn't seem like the moment to ask for it. And I was like, Devin, I don't know. You've already asked if there's a baby in the house. Like, just ask what the name is.
1: Just bring in the other foot and put yourself right in there.
0: So later on, it says in the interview that Grimes texts the journalist that night to say that, look, I'll just share my daughter's full name. It's going to surface eventually. And also, she's really proud of it, saying it's fire. And then goes on to say her full name is Ex- Exa Dark Sidril Musk.
1: Earl. Cider-y. I can't say it anyway, and I don't want it to. I was gonna say I'm, I'm sorry. You're correcting me. Name. You don't know. <laughs> no, because I've got it spelled out here phonetically, oh, okay. and it's Psi as in you. like Psy, deer" as in the animal. E E dash E L. Okay, but Exa
0: is the first name, which is kind of cute. E X A. I
1: like that, and they call her Y. Though. Right. Oh, look, she's on a different level than I am <laughs> yeah. living in this planet, so I don't know. But X and Y, and then she calls herself C because her name's Claire or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. So are you going to add xr to your baby name list if you since you're currently looking for baby names? Well,
1: I just feel like when I'm trying to figure out my baby name right now, I am terrified. Like I'm thinking of Grimes and just all power to her for just pushing forward with what she says is a fire name because I'm into that. <laughs> like own it. I can't even decide anything
0: actually there's so much in this profile but guys about her career and life but i'm sorry we cannot get to that when there's a surprise baby (laughs) in the mix We
1: don't want to reduce her to just having a secret baby, but we kind of have to because this is bananas. This doesn't happen every day in a celebrity interview.
0: This is the bar now for where every celebrity profile piece needs to go. Like, Jennifer Aniston is
1: shaking in her boots right now. (laughs) She is like, I can never do an interview again.
0: But if this makes you feel any better before we finish up, for any parents out there who are worried about their baby's name, Grimes does say in this interview that she's ready for her child to dislike her. Her name And Grimes is like, I mean, I got tired of Claire a long time ago, which is a totally different story. But she said if her baby ever decides to change her name, she'll be the first in line to help her. And she's already got dozens of other ideas. And she says, look, I might even change this baby's name before the article comes out. So as far as we know, they're still keeping with Exa. But anything can happen so the article itself is titled infamy is kind of fun grimes on music mars and her secret new baby it's just i can't get over this her secret new baby with elon musk we will link it in the show notes it is a very good read
1: i finished my work week on my couch ordered some food it's time for we can watch our recommendations of what to watch this weekend I am so excited about this. So my recommendation this week is called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Now, look, I know what you're all thinking. Key's so weird. She's always trying to make us watch sports stuff. This is different, okay? This is very cool, and it's cool for a number of different reasons. So it's based on the book called Showtime that was written by journalist Jeff Perlman, and basically it chronicles the rise of the L.A. Lakers in the 1980s, or as they were called at the time, the Showtime Lakers. Now, you don't have to necessarily be into the sports, specifically basketball for this one, Laura, just making sure that you're keeping up, to appreciate (laughs) the show, okay? Because what's really interesting about this is it actually shows what led to the glitz and the glam and the celebrity and the influence that the NBA has had on pop culture today. So NBA as we know it today is like very flashy but back in the 80s, the league wasn't making any money. It was super vanilla and it was actually quite racist. But along comes this guy called Jerry Buss, who's played by John C. Riley, who as you can imagine, just brings the energy to this series. So of Step Brothers and Teledagon Knight's fame, like hilarious. And he's kind of this new money, used car salesman, like is obsessed with basketball. And but he's like, why can't it be sexy? He's like, I want to bring glamour to basketball and make the game sexy and flashy, the way that kind of boxing historically has been, with that kind of like celebrity time, big kind of pompousy celebration. So his idea was like the LA Lakers cheerleaders, they're not going to cheer, they're going to dance and it's LA so we're going to get celebrities courtside, we're going to make it a runway of fashion, it's going to be the place to see and to be seen. And then on top of that, he was going to draft players that were talented but they were showmen and so the person kind of at the centre of this story is Irvin or Magic Johnson is probably many of us would know, who is played by debut actor Quincy Isaiah and he was actually at the event that I was at on Wednesday and such a gorgeous person, gorgeous on the eyes too, not going to (laughs) lie, but he spoke a lot about the character and like relearning how to move like a basketball player because part of Magic Johnson's kind of air was that the way he moved was like very theatrical and that's kind of how they got their name as like the Showtime Lakers. Anyway. There was this added layer of rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics, which kind of was underpinned by race and tradition. So Celtics were seen as these like purists and the Lakers were the future of the game. And ultimately this rivalry played a huge part in people's growing interest in the NBA. And also it was the time where ESPN debuted. So it was making sport accessible to everyone. So If I get back to the series, that's just to give you the context and why I think that you'll be interested in watching it because it is so much about pop culture as we know it today when related to sports like it just has this amazing kind of thread in the story and it switches between a drama as well as like a fly on the wall kind of fast-paced 80s style grainy film and they also mix in real footage so it's quite cool it's almost like a history lesson as well and the cast regularly break the fourth wall which we do like as well kind of speak to the audience like a used car salesman or they'll do a bit of a monologue to the audience and it's really good anyway it's called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. It's on binge and it drops every Monday and the first two episodes are out now. I think you're really going to like it if you can get past the fact that it's about the sports. Well, my recommendation could
0: not be more different, but that's what always <laughs> makes weekend Can Watch so interesting. Yes, so it today does. I, am, <laughs> I am recommending How I Met Your Father. The first two episodes have just come out on Disney+. Now, Keith. I was prepared kind of not to like this series because, as you yes. know, I'm in a deep, never-ending feud with Hillary Duff. I know. Well, I'm kind of joking. You're she like
1: doesn't know about the- 98% joking.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, usually celebrity interviews, they fall through all the time, so that's not weird. But it's just unfortunate that with Hillary Duff in particular, she's cancelled on me or, like, the interview hasn't gone through six times. I was supposed to talk to her for this show, but she didn't have time to schedule, which is 100% fair enough. But once she was definitely going to be at a premiere party, for a new season of Younger, and I at the last minute got sent over there for work to go to the party and interview the cast of Younger, jumped on a plane, and then when I landed, she'd pulled out. I'm <sighs> sorry, what is that? That's right And she was once coming to Tour Australia, then it got confirmed that I would interview her on stage for like a live show, and then she pulled out. So, I'm just saying. Anyway. I just got
1: Reese Witherspoon audio when she got pulled over for a DUI saying, Do you know who I am? You know my name, sir? Don't hate a You don't need to know my name? Not quite yet. I've got oh, that really? information. Okay. Time. You're about to find out who I am. That's what I'm getting. Like You should have said that to Hillary Duff's people, okay? <laughs> I know. Next time I will say that.
0: So I sat down to watch How I Met Your Father and I have to say I loved it. I was a huge fan of How I Met Your Mother, but I just don't think you can put these two shows together. I think they've just kind of taken the loose idea of that series to give this show a springboard, but they're right. really not anything alike. And it's just really good, like almost comfort TV watching. I like to call it a Saturday morning show, you know, when you don't want anything heavy. You just want to watch something nice while you have your morning coffee after a big week so it stars my nemesis Hilary Duff as <laughs> Sophie and she's living in the big apple and you know trying to fall in love and she's got this big crazy group of friends and the cast is so good like they really gel well together bounce off each other there's a little twist of how it's almost connected to how I met your mother but not really and the leading guy is Chris Lowell who was one of my favorite TV actors of all time no one is hotter no one is more charismatic he was in private practice but most importantly he was in Veronica Mars and it is just so good like watching the two of them on screen together they have such great chemistry so that kind of side of it is all there it's just a normal kind of rom com in New York the episodes are 20 minutes so they're really quick to get through Hilary Duff knows what she's doing when it comes to carrying a show so that all works I was actually surprised by how much I loved it and I hate to say this but the only thing that didn't work was Kim Cattrall So she plays the older version of Sophie because it's using the same gimmick that How I Met Your Mother used where Bob Saget was the voice of Ted Mosby and that was kind of his voice led you through the series and really narrated it and that was like such a good way to kind of tell that story. Whereas I think with Kim Cattrall, like she's fine in this role, she doesn't get to do much, but she just kind of comes on and sits on with a glass of wine and calls her son and says, let me tell you how I met your father. And then she pops back in later and goes, but there's more to the story. And I'm like, I understand why you're doing this because you're trying to get that same gimmick in but it didn't work this time around i think the show would almost be stronger without that element but Uh,
1: interesting apart from
0: that how i met your father great tv already being renewed for a second season episodes dropping weekly if you need a cute tv show with your saturday morning coffee i would recommend this Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And if you're looking for a new addition to your podcast rotation, check out What Are You Wearing? It's a podcast about fashion, trends and feeling good. Each week, hosts Denny and Tam talk about what's making news in the world of fashion. And this week, Tam gives us a little explainer on what we'll be seeing on the runways post-pandemic. So I want to talk a little bit about what we've seen on the runway so far and what
1: we're going to be wearing this winter. And Denny, I'm calling it a sexy season. It is mm, it's hot. A sexy season. Yes. So the first big trend is what we're
0: calling post-pandemic power dressing. This has been bubbling away for a little while. We knew that we
1: were going to kind of find our groove with fashion again after the pandemic. But British Vogue is calling it power dressing. And we've seen this on the runways at shows like Dolce & Gabbana, Michael Kors, Versace. It's this sort of 80s statement, boxy boxy blazers, big shoulders, short hemlines, very foxy, very
0: cool, very 80s. Find Mamma Mia's podcast for your wardrobe, What Are You Wearing?, in your favourite podcast app. This episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick, and Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au.
1: Bye.